Hello, lovely ladies. Welcome to the Lessons I Learned podcast, where I share what I've learned and am still learning about marriage, mothering, friendship, health and wellness, spiritual growth, and everything in between. I'll be learning right along with you, as many of my guests have such great things to say. So get ready to listen, grow, be open and teachable, and get ready to learn and have fun doing it. Well, this is going to be a stretching, perhaps uncomfortable conversation for you to listen to today, but it's imperative that we all listen and learn. My guest, Carrie Cardinelli, talks about her journey finding out who she truly is, because that's who God says she is. Listen in on our conversation about identity. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in again. Um, I'm so excited to be on this new journey um, with this new podcast. Uh, Thank you to everyone who's read my blogs and read my book. And um, now I have the awesome opportunity to um, chat with awesome women and some men um, along the way on this new Lessons I Learned podcast. And when I was thinking about the first initial guests that I would have for this show. Right away, one of the um, people that came to mind was Carrie Cardinelli. And um, well, first of all, hey, Carrie, how you doing? Hi, good. How are you? <laughs> good. Before we get, before we go on, I have to get one thing out of the way. You are Carrie Cardinelli, but you have to set, you have to tell everybody you have a new name. And uh, so explain here, because I heard you on a radio show just kind of explaining who you are now. <laughs> yeah, well, I do have a new name. Um, so I've been Carrie Cardinelli for 42 years, and um, I just got married a few months ago. And so legally, I am Carrie Shop, which is S-C-H-O-P-P. Um, I dropped Cardinelli legally and privately, but because my ministry is known as Carrie Cardinelli, I've decided to keep Carrie Cardinelli because my book is coming out. My music's under Carrie Cardinelli. And, and, you know, of course, my husband, Phil, he's like, does not bother me one ounce. And I'm like, okay, eventually we'll flip it over. But And then, you know, <laughs> posted on social media, Carrie Cardinelli shop, just so that people knew that I did get married. <laughs> so, yeah, so I am officially Carrie shop, but, um, but I am known still as Carrie Cardinelli. Well, what a guy. He's a, a strong dude to be able to have a woman that, you know, takes her her name and then, you know, has, well, you've had such a platform um, for so many years and um, um, it's just cool to see all that God's done in your life. And I, it's funny when we were chatting the other day on the phone. Okay. So mm-hmm. I just, I have to give some backstory. So, so all my listeners know who you are and well, first of all, how we met was yeah. initially yeah. Uh, years ago when we first moved to Buffalo. We went to um, quite a large church in town called the Chapel, and you were there as well. Both my husband Dan and you were serving on in their worship ministry there. Um, and funnily enough, we've kind of moved on both of us separately from that church, but then we landed at the same home church again somehow, <laughs> uh, which is Life Church Buffalo, uh, another awesome church in town here. And um, but sadly, because we both travel. Um, 
you know, we're kind of in and out and you're in and out because you're ministering in other churches. And so it's very rare that we actually see one another at church. We kind of, you know, say hi and passing in the hallway. Um, but um, we're going to have to, you know, fix that sometime. I said to Dan the other night after I talked with you, I was like, we should have them over for, you know, dinner or bonfire or something and, you know, get to know you guys. So, Oh, we would love um, to. I know. It is true. We, I see you in passing at church, but I feel like we actually had, well, we had one conversation once at church, but I feel like we had a conversation at the radio station when you were yes. at Robbie show. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like we finally like actually were able to chat. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you are no stranger to chatting because you are, um, uh, you, you are a part of WDCX, a uh, great radio, um, station that's not only, um, heard around Buffalo, but actually in our old home turf and, you know, in, in Ontario in the Toronto yeah. area. Um, and you just have, um, such a great ministry, um, multifaceted. So you do, you're doing a lot of different things. Um, and okay. So let me set you up for my listeners. So, so they all know how fantastic you are. Okay. Um, they're going to find that out anyway. So Carrie is an avid communicator about real life, a worshiper, author, speaker, life coach, and radio host. And I do know also you have like a massage therapy business too, don't you? So you yes, are you. a busy yeah. gal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so um, I, I'm going to skip a couple things here, but I just want to note, um, because w- what we're going to go into, um, you're also the author of a brand new book, which I'm so excited about, called Swing Wide, a story about love sexual identity and how God redefined it all. Um, and so, uh, I, I just gave that little bit of a teaser cause I know people, their ears might've perked up <laughs> when I said one thing. But, um, so I just know, um, you have so many great things to say. I've actually heard you on the radio a few weeks ago. I heard you talking about this new book, um, on your radio show. And I've got to be honest with you. Um, those, so those two words, sexual identity, I thought, okay, this, this is kind of like a, a touchy, sensitive topic. <laughs> Um, and I knew I wanted to have you on my show because you're a fantastic communicator. You're a strong woman. You have things to say, and I know people have, um, things that they can learn from you. Um, but because of some of the subject matter of your new book, I was a little hesitant. Like, should we, should we dive in with this right away on my (laughs) podcast? So I would, I'll be honest with you. But then when I heard you discuss it on your radio show. And then when we chatted the other day, I was like, let's go for it because you were so, um, wise and grace filled and just so balanced in everything you had to say. Um, and of course it's your life story too. So you just have such authority in that. Um, but I'm, so I'm just kind of setting that part up. Um, but what I want to hear from you is let's just dive into, um, swing wide. Um, what inspired you to write your life story to even, you know, write a book at all? Um, how, you know, tell the, the readers where that all came from. Yeah, I um, I actually never really wanted to write a book. Uh, I don't enjoy writing, but um, it's funny because I went to college for communications and I remember studying public relations and I was like, by my third year, I realized that it's all writing. And I thought, I do not want to be, you know, writing in a corner office somewhere for the rest of my life. So I wanted to quit, yep. yeah, like keep going, get your degree get my degree. Um, little did I know years later, I come back to the Lord. I meet my, you know, boss that was at WDCX radio through the worship ministry at the chapel. And 
he finds out I have a degree in communications, offers me a job in radio, and teaches me how to write and teaches me to not have this fear in writing. And mm. and I ended up in a corner office. <laughs> Right. <laughs> my career for about um, nine years, I was at WDCX until I got on air that, you know, they gave me a position on the radio. And then eventually now I have my own show. I co-host with my good friend, Robbie Ra. Um, yeah, anyway, love her. I did not want to write. And I, but my testimony came out years ago um, at church. They asked me to share it with the church. And I remember thinking, I do not want to share this, this about my past because I don't really know how the church feels about this topic. I mean, I grew up Catholic and so I, you know, I came back to the Lord, um, you know, ended up at the chapel and I really started to understand and learn about who God was and who Jesus was and, um, on a deeper level. And, you know, after I gave my life to him, I sort of tucked that old past away. And so when it popped up, um, you know, the leadership asked if I would share and I was super scared uh, because I was known as a worship leader at the church and I thought, I don't know if I'm going to lose respect and, you know, how people are going to respond to this. The fact that I was actually living as a lesbian for about 15 years and I was engaged to a woman. And, um, and so I, you know, I gave them permission to share it. And it was through that, that people were coming out of the woodwork, um, while wow. Sharing that they struggle with the same thing, or they have a son or a daughter or a parent, or they don't know how to handle it. What do I do with this? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't even know, you know. And so um, through that process, I started um, almost coaching people in a way, um, just by going for coffee and meeting for dinner and just helping people. As time went on, I kept getting asked to speak at churches and women's events and you know all these different organizations. And everywhere I would go, people were like, you know, do you have a book? And I'm like. No. And honestly, I don't know if I want to put my heart and soul on paper. <laughs> that can last mm-hmm. forever, it's hard. Know? Been there, done that. Yeah. It's yes. vulnerable. Absolutely. And I thought, yeah, it's easy for me to talk about it, but when I have to sit down and really, really process through my life, um, and what the purpose is of why. And I just, I took it to God and I said, if this is what you want me to do, then I, I'm going to need you to push me to do this. And sure enough, he connected me with a publishing company and gave me a deadline and if I didn't have a deadline, I would have mm-hmm. done it. So yeah. you know, my inspiration for writing the book was, was I was asked to share my life story to, um, and in turn, I knew that it would eventually give somebody hope, especially in the area of sexual identity and especially mine, which was homosexuality. And, um, and so it really, my inspiration became, Lord, uh, you changed my whole life. You transformed me inside and out, and I couldn't even imagine what my life would be now if you didn't do that. So what else could I do except tell the world about who you are and the power that you have in someone's life when they really get to know you? And so that is the inspiration behind, you know, putting my <laughs> my inner yeah. thoughts and, and deep, you know, dark skeletons in a book. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So before we dive in and you you share the some of the contents of that that you're kind of hinting at, um, it's funny when I was listening to your other interview, Robbie Ra pointed something out. Um, the book is called Swing Wide, um, but I just want you to share a little bit because you do talk about this in your book as well. Um, and I want you to share with um, a lot of uh, a lot of my listeners are going to be women, and you talk about um, you know your struggles with identity and all that, but you also share. 
um, your struggle with your self image. And mm -hmm. um, you, you, I want you to tell the golf story. Um, <laughs> and um, it's so interesting because um, I right away, when you were talking about you as a golfer, I kind of connected the title swing wide to that, but it wasn't even really fully related, but I just thought it was such a great, um, interesting story um, for you to be vulnerable and share about your, your body image. Cause every woman, I mean, we're all, we've all been there. We all deal with something on a, something different on a different level. And um, I think when we hear stories and women be vulnerable like that, it gives us confidence. Number one, it, it takes down the, the uh, lie that, you know, we're the only one feeling this way. And number two, it helps us realize like, I would have never thought that about you or I would have never. And then we realize that others aren't so focused on us and um, as much as we are, and we need to take that off of ourselves. So I just want you to quickly, before you dive into the bulk, just share that story because I think it's so um, cool how God um, was uh, revealing these things to you. So, so yeah, go ahead and share the golf, the golf story. Yeah. I, well, yeah. And to be honest, it all ties together. So yes. You know, yeah. That's why, you know, the book is not, it's not a gay story. It really, it's a love story. And it comes back to me, even as a child, you know, I was a very happy, like this cute little chubby little child, right? Like I didn't mm -hmm. care what anybody thought of me. In fact, I like, <laughs> made my mom buy me, you know, uh, I mean, I'm 42. So I made her buy me, you know, I don't, it was like the eighties, a bikini that was like a bikini top and like culotte shorts, you know? And oh, yeah. I, I'll never forget. Like, I was so excited to get this thing, but, um, it was, you know, at an early age, I started getting bullied for my size and, and that's what drew attention to my size and, and my issues with my weight where I was like, Whoa, mm -hmm. I didn't even realize that people saw me in a different light. Like, Right. And then it started really working on my, you know, on my image and my self-esteem and my confidence. And I still carried confidence. People always thought I was confident, but deep down inside, I was really struggling. So it ties into to my relationships because I never felt confident enough. Um, I always felt like men would look at me with a different view that, you know, maybe I was too, um, I like to use the word fluffy or chubby, you know, and, and, <laughs> and maybe I was too much of that. And so I ended up getting really close to my friends that were girls and I happened to, you know, get involved with one that happened to be a lesbian and it went off from there. And I sort of got locked into that lifestyle for years. But so I, I wanted to say, which I could talk more about, but I, it all ties together because, um, you know, I had such a poor body image really, honestly, up until I would say maybe six years ago, even into my walk with, with Jesus, I still, like he had a really help to turn that around and he still is continuing, but I'm gaining this new confidence in him that, you know, when I can look in the mirror and some days I may not like myself, well, I like him and he created me. So if he, yeah. loves, then, then I have to, I, I have to, I have to choose today, Carrie, you have to love yourself because the God of this universe loves me. And so, um, but the, the story about the, um, the golf is that, so when I went to college, in, you know, to study communications, I actually went on a partial golf scholarship. So I started playing. When wow. I was and, um, but I, I had a, a really great golf game and I had a beautiful swing. I actually loved hitting balls like off of the driving range. But when I went, went out to play on a golf course, um, I was so self-conscious and I didn't realize it at the time. And I realized that years after, you know, in my thirties, when I was going through counseling, 
just to really even understand like the root of where my life led, um, I realized that I have such an issue with um, my midsection and I've had it my whole life. I've had a gut my whole life and I, and I, I don't enjoy talking about it, but it is the truth and it's, it just is what it is. And so it's always sort of been that, um, that thorn in my side. And, uh, for, I could diet as much as I want. I could lose weight, but for some reason it's like just part of me. And so when I would hit a golf ball, I would swing up, right. And then you swing down mm-hmm. and then you finish your swing and your arms are all the way up around the other side of you and your whole body, your whole front is exposed And you know, whether you, so I grew up on golf courses and I had to wear polos and tuck my shirt in. And so as I'm swinging up, my whole midsection is exposed and I could not get past being uncomfortable. And it messed with my golf game always. And my dad mm-hmm. would just always wow. say, to understand. And he would say, you know, even in my twenties and my thirties, he's like, you can sing and you could speak in front of thousands of people, but you can never hit a golf ball in front of three people. And I never knew why until I went through counseling to go sort of dig deeper into my life to figure out well, what was holding me back from really having a fulfilling life. And I loved playing golf. And so that actually almost forced me to stop playing. And, and it's really sad that, you know, and so that's something that's actually on my plate now that I really want to, I want to work through. Um, but you know, I, when I said that on my radio show, Robbie was like, Oh, is that why you titled it swing wide? And I said, no. Yeah. I was thinking you, the same thing. Yeah. You said the same thing. And then just so you know, I had um, a client the other day and we were talking and she said, you know, it's so funny. You said something on the radio uh, about playing golf. And I thought, is that why she titled it swing wide? I'm like, you're the third <laughs> person. <laughs> so there's something to it. I think my next book is going to be about self-image. That's what I think. Yeah. There, well, you know what? It's so fascinating to me, no matter what our struggle is, it's so fascinating that um, it, what what others think of us can have such a hold on us. And it even had such um, a hold on you that you didn't, like a subconscious one. And ultimately the important thing, no matter what your struggle is, no matter what's going on, it, the important thing is discovering who God says we are, exactly. whether it's, and, and who, what God thinks of us. And that plays into both your golf game and your whole identity in him. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's, it just fits so nicely in with, you know, where we're going to go next, which is, um, you know, more, a more sensitive issue than golfing, but, um, such an important thing, um, for, uh, for us to discuss for sure. So, um, yeah, go for it. <laughs> well, you know, I, um, I wanted to say real quick on um, the other topic that nothing has changed. The only thing that has changed from then till now is that I do have a relationship with the Lord that yes. dictates to me because I chose, I choose daily to trust him that he sees me the way he created me and that I'm still okay. Like, even though yeah. I've got my life that, you know, are a bit of a struggle and I, I need to work on them, but through it all, he's, I know that I'm loved by him. And so I'm able to get up some days when I feel like I'm down, just I'm sure like you feel or any other woman that's listening or even men, mm-hmm. I still am able to say, Carrie, what is the truth here? And yeah. I capture that. And I need to give that back to him and allow him to dictate to me again and again and again, you know, who, who I really am and who he made yes. me to be. That's, yeah. that's really the essence of my story is that, yeah. you know, I, I, always wanted to know who God was. Even as a little girl, I always 
knew that there was something more out there. I remember like daydreaming, looking out my window, wondering if there was this, you know, God out there. And, um, so I had all these questions and I went to my priest and, um, he couldn't really answer them for me, but he encouraged me to go to this basement service in the Catholic church that I attended. And it was in that service where people were singing and reading scripture. And I'm like, what is this? Turns out it was a charismatic Catholic service, which I didn't even know what it was. And, um, it was just this beautiful movement. And through that, I learned about who Jesus was and I felt so connected to Jesus. It was just, he was like my best friend. I would daydream about him. And I mean, it was, I just loved everything about Jesus. I talked about him in my Catholic high school to everybody. And, and then I met, you know, my first boyfriend, um, who was, who was a Christian and he went to a, a local Protestant church here. And, um, I didn't really understand the difference, but, um, he wasn't technically walking with the Lord. Um, but I just knew that he knew Jesus. So I was like, this is, this is great. Well, yeah. Right off the bat, I just didn't believe that he really liked me <laughs> because mm. I, you know, I had such issues with, you know, loving myself. And, um, we ended up, we ended up having, you know, we lost, actually lost our virginity to each other. And I was about 16 years old. And I remember when that happened, I didn't want to do it. And it, he didn't force me. I, you know, it was my, it was my choice, but I remember when it happened, I felt like I lost something mm. and I couldn't get it back. And I immediately realized I just did something that I knew God didn't really want me to do. And I didn't understand that he would have forgiven me in in an instant, but I just believed that that was it. I was done. And so I sort of turned away from God and ended up in the arms of my best friend who was a girl. And we just connected on a very deep, intimate level because that's something I always desired. So, Mm -hmm. you know, as years go on, I, I end up going from one relationship to the next Um, majority women. And so, I mean, I was very, very, out of whack. And I, you know, I would then dabble with men and and dabble with both. And it was just, it was really, really, um, a dark season for me in my life. And the whole time though, I was searching for just a deep intimacy and it was Jesus who I was looking for the whole time. I was like, I just wish if I could just get back what I had when I was 16 years old. So it it guided me into all these different um, lifestyles and different belief systems and just searching for him. Um, and when I was in that lifestyle, I really felt lonely and I felt just a, almost like a black cloud. And I know it's not the same for everyone. This, again, this is the story that I have. This is mm-hmm. what I walk through in my life. And I, you know, I'm never the person that is going to come to anyone to say, you need to change. You need to turn because people tried to tell me and it's not how it happened. <laughs> you know, right. I ended up turning back to Jesus without any relationships or without even the topic of homosexuality. I, you know, I, after so many years, I, you know, I, I got drawn back to church and, and it was through music that drew me back to church. And I had this moment in my car where I cried out to Jesus that I just couldn't do this life anymore, whatever it was. Yeah. And yeah. I actually wasn't even in a relationship when, when, um, my ex-girlfriend and I broke up, we were engaged, we ended it. Um, somebody asked, are you going to go back to men? Are you going to stay with women? And I said, honestly, I'm done with everything right now. And I remember saying, I don't even know who I am. Like, I mm. don't even know who I am. And so within a few months, I started hearing, like, um, I would go somewhere and I would, you know, hear the word Jesus. And I'm like, oh, that's so funny. I used to, I used to love Jesus. <laughs> or people would say, you know, mm. the Bible. I'm like, oh, I used to read the Bible. And, and eventually I remember I was at a, at a festival and I said to my, my best friend at the time, I said, um, 
I feel like I want to learn about Jesus again. And he's like, really? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. And so I went and bought a book on Jesus and, and that was it. And then, you know, I, and then eventually within a couple more months, I go back to church and I experience the Lord in a very um, intimate way in my car. And he just mm-hmm. healed himself to me. But I had to say, I can't do my life without you. I don't even know where you are, but I'm just telling you, I acknowledge that you're there and I'm telling you, I can't do my life without you. And it was a very beautiful moment that I had with the Lord in my car with nobody else there. Nobody guided me to it. I just acknowledged yeah. his presence and, and he, he unveiled himself to me. And so, um, that's why you, that's why you call it, you know, you say, this isn't a gay story. It's a love story. Like God, you didn't feel condi- There wasn't some moment of, uh, condemnation for the way you were living or anything like that. It was just the Lord loving you and feeling, you know, connected to him. And he just, um, meeting you where you're at in your car, you know, like, yeah. um, so it's more about a love story than him um, trying to uh, to clean you up. He just wants to meet you where you are. And then out of that, um, you know, you then took steps to uh, to say, okay, I want to find out who I am. So what are the things you've learned? Like going from, going from, you know, I know you've said before, singing in bars and, um, you know, just do being confused and not knowing who you were and all of this stuff into transitioning out of this moment. Like, so what is the transformation like and what have you learned in that process um, about how God views you now? Yeah. Well, all I knew is that that day, actually I was a smoker as well. So I was pursuing music secularly. I moved out to Nashville. I would in LA and, and I just sort of stopped singing. I gave it all up because nothing felt right. And I remember that day in the car, um, he taught me even about worship and that he had he had um, these goals in mind for me, for my life. Like he had this whole life that he prepared and planned out for me. And he was just waiting for me to come around, to come back to him so he could start um, opening up these pathways for me. And so within the first year, I mean, I started singing again and it was all worship. And I realized I only wanted to worship. And I know there are a lot of you know Christians out there that you know they sing in other places and that's fine. But for me, I did it and it was empty for me. And I'm like, either I'm going to sing for him or I'm not going to sing at all. Um, Mm. but beyond that, I, I remember I quit smoking that day and I remember just, I wanted to know all about him. And so I dove into everything I could at church and anywhere I could with organizations and even at WDCX radio, like, you know, I got more involved in understanding who the preachers were on the radio. I just wanted to learn about God's character. Cause I said, if I'm going to trust you, if I'm going to believe that you're my one and only, if, if I'm going to trust that the, that the Bible is the word of God, this is it, then I need to know you inside out because mm-hmm. I've done nothing but trust the world my whole life. And it did, it just completely screwed me up and I don't even know who to trust. Yeah. So if right. I'm going to trust you. I want to know you so deeply. And I actually want to know you like, you know, me and through yeah. that process, I built this relationship with the Lord where I do believe that I'm completely known by him. And by being known by him, it allows me to make wise decisions in life. I mean, I was Mm. single for 10 years and it had nothing to do with, um, me like deciding do I want to be with women with men. I actually put all of my, I want to say like my, almost like my sex drive, all of it, I put on the back burner because I'm like, this can't be what life is about deciding Mm. who I am, who I love, like who I'm sexually attracted to. This cannot be what life is about. So I'm going to take this label. I'm going to remove it. I'm going to put my label of Jesus on me. I'm going to learn about you. And through that, 
he actually changed me without me even wow. knowing it. And it was being that's crazy. Was, yeah. yeah, and I was transformed by what I was reading. And I'm like, wow, you're actually an incredible God. And the more I learned, the more I fell in love with him. And I'm like, and you know, so of course, 10 years later, I, you know, I learned how to be single. I learned how to be celibate. I learned how to, you know, um, like he actually had to change that in me too, because I had addictions. I even had addictions to pornography in that lifestyle. I mean, it was a very, very, um, normal thing for us to engage in that. And, um, and so it was, it became, it's almost like I went against my nature and it became normal and God mm. had to really clean me out and set me up on a new path. And- Before we continue, if you're liking what you're hearing and you want more, head over to patreon.com slash Macaulay's to support our ministry and keep us going. Now, let's get back to the conversation. But he did that through you seeking. Like, I'm just thinking of that verse, like you're totally embodying what he says. If you seek me, you will find me Yes. and seek me first and the rest will all happen naturally. And that's kind of what you were doing. Like, that's what I hear you saying is like, you just went after God and it wasn't about you um, trying to, you know, clean yourself up or do this. You just wanted to know him. And as a result... Um, everything else, there was just an overflow of his goodness in your life. And um, yeah, you're like embodying those verses to me right now. Yeah. yeah. And that's what happened. And that's why I believe that um, I thought I was born that way. Um, and, and listen, again, I'll say it till the day I die. I don't dictate anyone else's life, not what I'm called to do. Um, and, uh, but like I said, I thought I was born that way. And I used to tell people all the time. And I actually used to say, I, if I had a choice, I wouldn't choose this for my life. I wouldn't choose to be gay, but I am. It's the way I'm born. It is what it is. And now mm-hmm. I know I'm like, wow, thank you. Actually, thank you for rescuing me out of that because I was living almost, I was lying to myself and, um, and I had all these desires to do things in my life. Things that I'm doing now that I didn't even realize I desired, but I did even as a young girl. And he just allowed me to walk in, you know, the, even doing radio or, or you know, being um, um, somebody that can speak into someone's life. I've always wanted to do that. But I'm like, how can I speak in anybody's life? I'm living a life of just I'm a disaster out there, you know, and but mm. I couldn't really speak in anybody's life until I learned who he was, um, you know, and, and through that I learned who, who I really am. And who so, you were. yeah. Yeah. And so it's just, I, again, I, it's always like, you know, I'm, I'm not, it's not even, I'm being careful. It's just that it's got nothing to do. I mean, it, I guess it has something to do with um, sexual identity um, because that's what my band aid was, I guess. Um, but the right. truth is, is that I felt even as a young girl, I felt incomplete and, mm-hmm. I believe that God makes all of us to be complete in him. And because I didn't have him, I felt that, that I was missing something. I I felt that void. And so I had to fill that void with something that was going to fulfill me, even if it was just sort of like, um, instead, it's like, I always use the analogy. I feel like the Lord taught me this through um, the analogy of coffee. And it's like, (laughs) if you're coffee, you know what a good roasted bean tastes like, like, you know, it's different than instant. It's different than a carry. You just know good coffee. And so, you know, I don't know. He told me this. I feel like the Lord laid this on my lap one day, and this has been my, the best way I can explain it. Um, so I wanted coffee 
and I ran out of coffee in my cabinet. I had no, I had no coffee left. So I had a random, okay. just an analogy. Of course I had a random oh, of instant coffee in my, in my, in my cabinet. And so so I need my coffee quick. I need something hot. I need something to get me going. I got to do instant. I immediately right. taste the instant coffee and I'm like, ugh, it's instant coffee. I don't like <laughs> it, but it did the job. It did the my job. My husband will so identify with I, this analogy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm decaffeinated, but he, he will just be like amening all of this. <laughs> okay. Well then you know what? If you like chocolate, put chocolate in it. It's the there you go. between yes. a piece of good Belgium chocolate versus like the 99 cent um, advent piece of chocolate that you get in the advent calendars, you know, it's just like right. a different flavor and you know, the richness of it. So I knew the richness of the coffee and then I tasted the instant, but I went with the instant because it became easy. And then day after day, mm-hmm. I keep forgetting to go get the roast, the good stuff. I keep eating, drinking the instant. Eventually it becomes eventually a decent yeah. thing where I might only drink really good roasted coffee on a holiday or on a special occasion. And um, and that's how I viewed that's, that's how I can replace love and my search for love that I just kept going mm. for the instant, um, the instant gratification because I needed it so bad. I just did not have the patience to wait. And yeah. mine happened to be with, with a girl because I felt intimately connected because I'm an intimate person and I didn't have the intimacy with the Lord. Right. And I mean, any, that was, that's your story, but every single one of us has that thing that we're looking to fill. And, um, we are so misguided a lot of the times and it isn't until the Lord can, we allow the Lord to speak into us who he says we are and who, who, and view him with our, with his, sorry, view us with his eyes, um, that we're just constantly chasing. We're chasing whatever it is. It can be, you know, uh, TV shows to numb us from our pain. It can be, it can be chocolate. It can be, you know, you, you name it, it can be relationships, but ultimately um, it's about that love story. It's finding out who the real, that, that coffee bean. (laughs) I I like that analogy. Well, honestly, it's who it's being connected with who actually made you. Right. Like who created me? Something, somebody created me and it's, I'd, I'd rather go to that source to get the yeah. of my life to know exactly how to live the way I was made to live versus yeah. somebody in the world telling me how to live. And I was operating very independently of God. I was dependent on myself in the world. And the reason why I couldn't get to him is because I had this big wall of pride where I was like, I know me best. Nobody knows me. Right. I know me. It wasn't yeah. until I said, like, I actually can't do this without yeah. you. And he's like, good. Finally, who else? Yeah. Who else can tell you about yourself and, and, um, fill your heart than the person who made it, you know, the one who made it. And uh, it's just, you know, you, that's why we always have to go, um, back to him. And there still are so many people searching and I'm sure there's listeners out, out there that right now that this is like opening their eyes. Um, and it doesn't have to be just similar to your story. It can be anything, um, you know, where, where are we looking elsewhere? Where are our eyes set? Where are we wanting satisfaction from all of this stuff? And, um, but your story in particular, 
um, you know, it could hit home with people um, in that uh, one thing before we go, I just want um, you to, uh, I I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but I feel like you could speak into this is um, because, um, you know, the, the gay lifestyle and all that, this is new for um, believers, for the Christian community. And because it's um, different and all of that, there's like this fear attached. um, And so often uh, we don't know how to respond. And because of that, we usually don't respond well. Um, How, what this, because this podcast is like lessons I learned. um, And this is all about love. Like we want God God met you with love and grace and compassion, and we, the church, should be doing the same. And so, how can we, um, as a Christian community, better respond or handle this whole issue and the people um, associated who are are all just like us? We're all just looking for the right love, the, the, the satisfying love. So how could you speak into that maybe just a little bit, um, you know, because you've probably run into this, uh, I imagine. (laughs) Well, all the time. All the time. And some people don't like my answer and, um, but you know, and some do. And I just, I guess my goal now is to offer a fresh perspective. Um, I, I, I've been recently noticing, as believers, as Christians, um, we're so used to calling out sin, um, and slapping a scripture on it. Right. I just Mm. don't think I, it's just not working anymore. And so, um, the one thing I've learned is even myself, um, because I still have a lot of friends that are in, um, in, you know, the LGBTQ community and I have to operate with the right motive. So, What's my motive? Is my motive just to get this person to cross line because I don't like what they're doing? Or is my motive because I actually love this person? Like, I just love right. this person. I I love my friend. I, I want the best for my friend. No different than anybody would want the best for me. And I find that, you know, I, I may have found a truth that actually could help someone, whether they realize they need help or not. And so, a lot of times anybody living in, in, you know, um, the gay lifestyle, they may not necessarily share all of their fears and, you know, what they're dealing with inside. There's deep stuff, there's deep stuff going on in all of us. And so a lot, we don't ever really have a safe place to share our, mm-hmm. our yeah. stuff, right. Our junk. Right. That we so judge. the place and, that should be, the place that should be a safe place is not a safe place right now. That's, that's the thing. Exactly. Yeah. And so they, my, that person might end up running to a safer place, which might be, you know, the gay community, um, the LGBTQ community, where it becomes a safe knit family where, and then it's the, within that family where it's constantly letting you know, this is who you are. You are made to, you are gay, you are gay, you are gay. And I, and I was in that and I was like, okay, I guess I am. I, I guess I'm gay because I had really nobody else um, fighting for the other side for me. And so mm-hmm. I guess we can encourage if you're listening and you're a Christian and, and you've got somebody in your life that is, um, you know, homosexual or you know transgender or is living differently sexually than you are. Um, I guess the first thing I could say is just acknowledge like who you're talking to. Is this person somebody that actually is interested in knowing who God is, or is it somebody that maybe has, can care less? Cause that's two different mm. conversations. You know, I could talk to somebody who can care less about God. They're not going to hear a word I say anyway. So either then I decide, well, is this somebody I actually want in my life or not? So I right. let that person go and maybe somebody else can encourage them along the way. It may not be for me. 
if there is somebody in my life that I meet that is curious about God or Jesus, then I don't automatically put homosexuality in front of them. I just talk to them about the thing that brought me back to the right. Lord. It, it's him. It's it. Let me. What do you want to know about God? I'll tell yeah. you all about God. I, and I'm going to actually leave that off the table because I know typically that's the one thing that you actually want to know my opinion on. And it's like, it doesn't matter at this point. Yeah. You're curious. That's so good. You're curious. So that's already a thumbs up for me that you actually want to know the same God that I'm talking about. And so thank you for giving me an opportunity to share my heart about God who actually did change my life. You know, I actually want to know who are you? What is your life like? Who, what do you like? What are your quirks? What makes you laugh? What kind of movies do you like? I mean, actually get into a relationship with someone because we're, we serve a relational God. Like it's about relationships. And if you don't have the time to be in the relationship, then you know what? Maybe you might back off a little bit because I feel like sometimes it does more damage than, than not, you know, because then it gives, you know, I hate to say, but it like gives us a bad rep. Not all of us are, you know, um, I'm not a bigot. I mean, I sometimes get called a bigot, but you know, maybe because I have a different stance, but I, right. I you know what, if you just give me a chance to talk and explain how I feel no different than you want the space to talk and you want equal respect. So it's, it goes both ways. And so again, on the other end, parents who struggle where their, their children are, you know, are gay and, and the, the child's in their face saying, you know, you better accept me or, or nothing. Well, it's, it's, I tell the parent, you know what, it actually goes both ways. So if they want respect from you, then you have no, there's no reason why you can't say, you know what, then would you be willing to listen to me too? Hmm. Can, can we have, can we have an open forum here? You may not agree with me and I don't agree with you, but if we can actually listen to each other listen. Yeah. and take a step back. And I say this to Christians all the time. Look at you are strong enough to withstand that conversation. If you don't feel you're strong enough, then I encourage you to go back to the word and get stronger because hmm. we should be able to handle somebody coming to me and saying, they're gay. What are you going to do about it? Okay. I just had a girl, it was at um, kingdom bound who approached me and um, she was sort of, she was very angry with me. And she's like, you know, um, I'm a lesbian and I love God. And I'm like, okay, okay. Like what, you know, okay, well, but this is my story. So, you know, I I might be offended, but I, I could, we could be equally offended at each other, but at some point Mm -hmm. we have to find the gap here and build this bridge. Because right. it comes down to relationships and, and truly loving someone. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we take that up with God. It's like, you know, okay, you love God. Then you, when we, whenever we chase after him, he will reveal things. And when, when we, like he said, he said, seek me, you'll find me. We, we won't ever be disappointed. We may be challenged and refined and all of that, but um, ultimately we're not disappointed. And I think, I mean, you said earlier in this um, podcast, you know, you've always wanted to have a voice and be able to speak into people's lives. And it doesn't always look um the way we think that the way we would like to and i'm i'm right there in, in with you i i speak a very uncomfortable message um but there's authority when you've lived something and you know the word of god and the truth um 
you know, will has set you free from that. It just, um, there's, you carry authority. And so, you know, for me, somebody like me, I often don't feel, um, you know, too much authority or feel like I could speak into it because, um, you know, we, I haven't crossed paths with it the way that, you know, you have, you, you, you carry an authority with you. And it's important that Christians hear your message and, um, that we, we learn to listen. Like you said, we all, need to learn to listen and rather than just posting whatever we want on Facebook and, uh, you know, yeah. have kind of like, uh, an aggressive, um, uh, stance, we need to have an open posture and understand that the Lord loves all of us and is working on all of us. Well, man. And this, I, in, I, I have to say this because I want people to know where I'm coming from. When somebody asks me if homosexuality is sin, my answer is yes. But I want to explain why it's sin. And the only way I can explain it is how I came to learn what sin was. And I don't believe that God is sitting up there wanting to just smack our hands because we're doing something wrong. If, if right. I'm going against the order that God naturally created for me, um, what happens is I start experiencing shame. So mm. if I were to go steal something, I'm immediately going to feel shame. I could choose to ignore the shame. And the more I ignore it, the more I'm able to steal. Yeah. And so... Yeah. But if I acknowledge the shame, then it's like, oh, wow, I'm feeling this conviction. And it's from my maker who's like, Carrie, I love you. I, I didn't just make you to follow my rules. There is a natural order to this so that you don't experience pain and suffering. Right. I, it's for I, your best. taught me to experience pain and suffering. And, and because I was, I was with women for years, let me tell you, you wrote a book on friends. Okay. Imagine the, the struggle that we have as girlfriends, right? It's friends. Mm. Oh, the yeah. amount of emotion, Danielle, that you can bring to the table and the amount yeah. of emotion that I can bring to the table. Oh boy. Yeah. Together under one roof in a, in a very sexual relationship. It is like, it, it could be explosive. And it Explo- was, for that's me. exactly the word that was coming out of my mouth. <laughs> explosive. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and Hey, listen, there might be other relationships out there and it's not, that's fine. All I'm saying is for me, is I learned that it was sin because I actually experienced this, um, this distance from God that I, I'm like, where are you? I know mm-hmm. you're here. What am I doing that is keeping, keeping this distance? I, I don't know what I'm doing. And I remember I have it in my journal. I even wrote it in my book. Um, I didn't write much in my journal as a, as a young girl, but I did, I wrote enough to help give me some timeline, but I said, what did I do? What I actually wrote this when I was in college in a relationship with a girl, what sin did I commit that made you leave me? God, like, that's oh, what I, wow. and, and so, you know, and, and so the word sin again, gets thrown around and the moment somebody hears it, they shut down. I'm like, but wait a minute, like, but what mm-hmm. is it really? And, and it come, it always comes back to love. Yeah. Well, he's our loving heavenly father. He's our loving dad. And what I always try to communicate to my boys as a parent is when we are putting confines on you and we're putting, you know, rules and boundaries and uh, discipline, all of that stuff isn't because we want it. We're sitting at night after you go to bed going, ha ha ha, we're just putting all these confines on you. No, it's because we so desperately love you and we know best for you and we want best for you. And it's just the same. It's, it's, you know, it's, that's just what the Lord wants for all of us Yes, is, is his best, you know? That's it. Oh man, this has been so good. Oh, 
Um, <laughs> all right, Carrie, before we go, where can people go to pick up a copy of this book? I know I'm assuming you're maybe pre-ordering. I know it's coming out like this fall. Um, but where, tell not only that, but where everyone can go to go, uh, you know, your social media, your website. Just give us it. Give us the rundown so we can um, get a hold of you. Sure. So, um, yes, as of today, which is what, August 8th? 8th. I can see it on my on my computer right here. Yeah. So my book officially releases on October 1st, 2019. And so um, right now you can pre-order. And um, once you, you know, if you pre-order with me, then, you know, I'll get the book out to you. Um, and you can get everything all about me at carriecardinelli.com. And it's K-E-R-I. I always say like the lotion carry, but then I realize people that are younger than me are like, we don't know what lotion you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's K-E-R-I and then Cardinelli is um, like the cardinal bird with an E at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that today when I was, yeah. And I know exactly the lotion you're talking about, Carrie. Oh yeah. It's sad. Yeah. And then same thing on social media. I'm on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, it's under the same name, Carrie Cardinelli, which is why. I told my husband, Phil, just give me a little time before I answer. Well, Phil, if you even cared to listen to this girl conversation, just know that you are welcome over to the Macaulay's house and Carrie can be your tag along. She's invited too. Perfect. And um, you guys come over and hang out with the Macaulay's. Um, but in the meantime, thank you so much for taking the time out and just sharing. You have something to say, Carrie. You're talking about import- important issues, um, not just for women, for men too. And um, I'm just so glad that you were one of my first pod- podcast guests. I got another one in the can here. I'm so glad about So thank you so much. Well, I'm beyond honored. Thank you. And it was so nice even just to chat with you and you're just so easy to talk to. And so I appreciate you hearing me out and allowing my story to be told. And, um, and I'm so excited for you. I'm excited for your podcast. (laughs) Thank you. All right, Carrie. Um, well listeners, you can, um, definitely go on and check out Carrie online and grab that book. Um, and, uh, in the meantime, make sure you check out my next podcast next week. Good very needed conversation. I'm sure there's lots of thoughts swirling around right now, but ultimately I want Carrie's message to point us all to God, our maker. He has the authority on who you are. Like the manufacturer of a watch knows exactly how and why it ticks. As your maker, God knows you intricately, exactly how you tick. He's the only one who holds the right to define you. So, I urge you to do as Carrie did. Swing wide the doors of your heart and allow God to speak to you and tell you who you are. And never, ever, ever settle for instant coffee. I hope you've been encouraged, challenged, and have learned something new today. It is my passion to help women become the best version of themselves with God's help. All the ministry we do, we feel deeply called to, and we live by faith doing it. Would you consider supporting our ministry at patreon.com slash Macaulay's? That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot c-o-m slash m-a-c-a-u-l-a-y-s. 
You may see a link on your screen nearby if you're tuning in using YouTube, SoundCloud, or my website. But if not, that's where you can go to find us. We are grateful for every one of you who believe in us and champion our ministry. Lots and lots of love, Danielle.